0: Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget, forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Liam Merrill here with Sea Featers and Craig Morgan live from Gila River Arena where he just spoke with Arizona Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong and it's a special day today it's not just an ordinary Monday in the NHL today of course was the NHL trade deadline that passed at noon so we have a lot to get down a lot to break let down wow I'm mixing up my words Been a busy breakdown get to I don't even know anyway Craig how are you doing how was your last 24 hours covering this trade deadline
2: uh, it's always insanity. You never know when you it's safe to go to bed. You never know how early you should get up in the morning. And I planned a couple of things poorly, or maybe I just couldn't avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I thought about getting up at five thirty this morning to account for the time change with East Coast. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep till six. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna trust that nothing's gonna happen. I woke up to seven text messages all had been sent. Between like five fifteen and five forty, so I missed you... a bunch of stuff. But I was able to, you know, get it out there as soon as as I saw it on my phone. Um, I have to say, it's uh, it's odd being live on this show from the start from Gila River Arena. Usually, I jump in. Really I know. After... No, no traffic in the elevator today either. It looks about the
3: same behind you though. It's about the same attendance. <laughs> by this,
0: wow. well, by that well, by point, time, the... yeah, by, the... by this time, yeah, by post game. That wasn't
3: yeah. okay. That wasn't directed
2: okay. anyway.
0: Sorry, <laughs> okay. but was taking that one. Well, we weren't sure what moves the Coyotes were going to make, and they didn't make some of the moves that we expected. They did make some of the moves that we did. So there's a lot to get to. So, we're, I mean, where should we begin? I think we should start
3: with the two names that didn't go. Yeah. I think we should start with the trades that did not happen and didn't get made. Craig, what did you hear about Keschel and Chikrin throughout your day?
2: I'll start with Phil Kessel uh, and listen I've already alluded to we've we've already alluded to a lot of this stuff on the shows that we've had but with Phil Kessel the issue was the cap hit. You can only cut it twice it had already been done uh, Toronto had already retained some of his salary. The lowest they could get it what I was told was of around 3.4 teams just weren't willing to take on all of Phil Kessel's cap hit. They wanted the Coyotes to retain some and you know with with Johan Larson going out and the Coyotes needing to retain 50% of his salary The Coyotes were at the max. So there was no way to get anything further done with Phil Kessel. I am curious to see how this one's going to play out, guys. Phil Kessel has wanted to trade all season. And of course, there's a Zamboni on the ice behind me now. (laughs) The entire day, there's been nothing going on behind me. And now there's a Zamboni on the ice. But Phil Kessel's wanted to trade since last summer. I know that there are people in his camp that really wanted to see this done. I wonder how unhappy Phil Kessel is right now that this didn't happen. He wanted the chance to go play for a playoff team. I get that as a veteran who's getting older, running out of chances. But I mean, when you're in the coyote situation, you got to look at it and say, Hey, we did what's best for our team. We, we needed to keep that slot for Johan Larson. We, we couldn't move Phil Kessel on his current contract. So it is what it is. He's going to have to spend another month here. And, and quite frankly, as a dad, like when I look at my notebook, he just had a baby daughter, so hang around and be with your daughter for the next couple months. That's probably the right thing to do anyway, just saying.
3: Yeah, I, I think the one thing that I look at, especially with the Phil Kessel, you're right, the biggest issue was clearly money, the cap hit. And then secondarily, you have to look at what he has done this season production-wise. I know he's got 40 points, He's been become more of a playmaker, but you were hoping a team that's going to make a run for it is looking and going Gosh, look at his body of work in the playoffs. Look what this guy has done. Look how he has won in the past. And you thought there might be a chance that someone might take a flyer on it. Now, the concern slash question I have is what happens with the rest of his career? Like, what happens over the summer? If somebody wouldn't take him now, I guess there's more teams in the mix when you bring in 32 teams over the summer. But
0: And starting in the summer, i will have the opportunity to sign a new contract. So there's no longer the concern of carrying that cap hit they can sign him at whatever works best for their team this this non-move was the most surprising move of the day for me just because this is something since we started this podcast we've been talking about he'll get traded sometime this season he'll get traded by the deadline and I'm pretty sure on one of our prediction shows all three of us said Phil Kessel will get traded at the deadline so for me this was a surprise but Craig I agree with you I think you know the fact that he just had a daughter born it's good for him in that sense obviously I'm sure he's disappointed that he doesn't have a shot with a contending team but like you said the Coyotes made the, the best move for the sake of the team I was also surprised that they used the retain that third retained salary spot on Larson's contract rather than trying to move Phil were you surprised by that or is that was that expected
2: well, that tells me you know when you when you talk about the assets that are coming back that tells me the value for Phil Kessel on the market too like earlier you know in this summer they wanted to get a second round pick and they there were, there were no sniffs on that and I was told that they'd be lucky to get a third round pick for him so maybe the value on Phil Kessel was lower than it was for johan Larson and and in that case you know you you get the deal that that's best for the team again I don't know what the specific offers were for Phil Kessel but I gotta believe that they did what you know they they got the best return that they could, given both of those situations.
0: And then, what about Jacob Chikrin? That's one we've been talking about pretty much every day for the last week or so. But what did Bill Armstrong have to say about Jacob Chikrin not moving at the deadline?
2: Yeah, the same thing that we've been hearing all along, right? The the pieces just weren't there in any of the offers. They just didn't have an offer that they felt was requisite value for Jacob Chikrin. And and look, you saw. You saw the prices for rentals. There were some crazy trades. There was there were there were really high prices for rentals. So if that's the case, what was the price for Jacob Chikar? It was clearly much higher for a 23-year-old defenseman. We keep saying these same stats. Uh, you know, on a, a really team-friendly contract, who you know he's going to be around for a while. He's got term left on his deal. They just weren't getting the offers they wanted. We saw a bunch of teams make a number of moves over the past couple of days, removing more possibilities for a Jacob Chikar trade. So as, as we've been saying a lot lately, this looks like it was trending toward something that gets rediscussed at the draft when you have 31 potential suitors and everybody knows their cap situation. There's a lot of clarity on their financial situations, including the overall cap for the league. So that's exactly what's going to happen. The, I, I know there are a lot of people that are thinking, yeah, you know, Jacob Chikrin could stick around now because they didn't trade him don't be so sure of that I, I think this will be open up again at the draft they will explore another trade for jacob chicken we've we've talked about it i'm, I'm just going to say it I, I don't think jacob chicken has demanded a trade but i think he would be open to moving to another team where he has a chance to win right away and i do think that is a significant part of why this is why his name has been out there for so long you know you can say you can say the right things in public yeah i want to be a coyote or jacob chicken wants to be a coyote I honestly don't think he wants to be a coyote in this current situation.
0: Yeah, well, any thoughts for you no, on? No, I
3: just think that this this has always come down to Chikrin, and I don't think the injury helped. But to Craig's point, the teams that needed defensemen got defensemen at probably a lower price than they were being asked for to acquire Jacob Chikrin um, this summer. It's, it opens the door to thirty-two teams that think they have a chance to win. I still think this will be a draft deal. I think he will get moved. Um, And again, we keep saying worst case scenario, you end up with a young defenseman with an offensive upside. That's the worst case with a really team friendly contract. So even if it, if they're unable to make a deal and acquire more assets, like they want to, they still have a a very good offensive defenseman and Jacob Chikran. So for the team, it's it's a wait and see. And I think they're okay with waiting and seeing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, That was the non-moves. Let's go to the moves that were made. And I'm going to go back to last night because... We were in this very room on our post-game show. The post-game show ended. We cleaned up. We left. We got in our cars. I made it one minute down the road, and Petey calls me. Did you see Craig flashing his lights? Yeah, he right. just pulled over. They just traded Scott Wedgwood.
3: I thought I hit him in the parking lot. He started honking his <laughs> horn and flashing. Like, oh, shit. I just hit Craig <laughs> in the parking lot. I got to deal with that now. <laughs> and he pulls up. They just made a trade. Like we We hadn't even left yet. I know, and they made. Were they what was Bill watching the show going? I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna wait till Craig is completely done, and then I'm gonna break it. I think he does,
0: maybe. Well,
2: uh, yeah, I don't think that was it. I, it and it's funny too because the, uh, it's the same situation. Like we're all riding down in the elevator together. I've got my phone in my bag, and then I pull my phone out when I get in the car, and there's the message. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: The message, um, of course, being the Coyotes traded Scott Wedgewood to the Dallas Stars for a 2023 fourth round pick. It's a conditional pick that becomes a third round pick if the Stars make the playoffs this season. Um Craig had mentioned that there were maybe some extension talks with Wedgwood, so this one I think was just a surprise to me considering the fact that it seemed like there was a possibility that Wedgwood would be yeah. part of the short-term future.
2: Yeah, and and there were talks. Uh, Bill Armstrong has said that, that they they were having talks about bringing him back. There was a chance that that it was going to happen at the last minute. But, you know, what happens here is you've got a guy that you've taken off of waivers, right? So you haven't paid a thing for him. And suddenly there's a team that needs a goalie and they're willing to offer you a draft asset for it. Now, you can look at it and say if it's a fourth-round pick, maybe they should have brought Scott Wedgwood back on a a one-year deal. He wasn't even asking... For a million bucks, he was asking for $925,000 on a one-year deal. That's not much money. And a guy that wants to be here, loves playing here, uh, was just looking for some sort of stability in his life and had had played well for the Coyotes, it made a lot of sense. Now, if he goes to Dallas, which is in a really good situation right now, I know they're not in a playoff spot, but they're one, one point out. They've got three games in hand on Vegas, who has righted the ship a little bit but is struggling, and then there's some other teams within range. If Dallas gets into the playoffs, you get a third round pick for a guy that you picked up off of waivers. To me, that's good asset management. And you got to do that. You got to be a, if you're a GM, you got to make that move. And when I talked to Scott Wedgwood earlier today, he said the same thing. Un, you know, I didn't even ask him, you know, if you're a GM, would you do this? He's like, you look at it and you get it. You, you got to roll with that. If you're a general manager, you got to make that move. It's, it's a win for them. They didn't give up anything for me. And now they got some games out of me. They got some wins and they're going to get a pick.
3: You know, what's funny to me, Craig, there's a couple of things that might take away on this trade. First of all, when you look at the Dallas stars, it's a team coming into the season that was goaltender heavy. And you thought they would be moving someone out. They had Ben Bishop. who ends up having his career ended early because of knee issues. They were hoping he would come back. He was going to be their number one. Anton Kudobin leaves for the rest of the year on a hip surgery. So he's out of the mix. Then you got Braden Holpe. He's missed the last five with injuries. So, a team that had four goaltenders, now their new starter, Ottinger, Ottinger was the guy they had pegged down in the minor leagues. Now he's their number one goalie. He's 23. He's six foot five. He's a monster. Now he's carrying the mail. They needed a goalie today. Like when, when they found out Holpe was not going to be available for a while, they're, as Craig said, where they're at in the playoff race, they need a goalie today. They couldn't haggle, they couldn't argue. We need a guy. And you look at Wedgwood's yep. number over the last three months, his numbers are comparative to the top goaltenders in the National Hockey League over the last few months. I'm concerned what happens when Holpe gets healthy. Where does Wedgwood fit? Um, we'll see. I think this is a team that will make the playoffs and that will be a third-round pick. And lastly, Craig, there is no reason that once this season is over that Bill Armstrong can't sit back down with Scott Wedgwood and go, okay, we got our third-round draft pick. You had a nice run with the Stars. Come back to Arizona.
2: Yeah, I want to uh, dive into a couple of those things. I was talking to a couple of the Dallas writers, and the the feeling is Braden Holtby is not going to be back anytime soon. I, I think Scott Wedgwood is going to get the chance to finish out the season with Dallas wow. as a part of that tandem. So, yeah, it, it does, and they don't have another goaltender in the entire organization that has played an NHL game. So you understand why Dallas made this move. There was urgency here. They're trying to get into the playoffs. So again, you get the move from Dallas's perspective, and now you understand it from the Coyotes, especially if they get that third-round pick. Um, as far as Scott Wedgwood coming back, look, they thought they they were going to get a deal here, and then it didn't happen. Suddenly, Bill pulled the rug out from under him, and, and that happens. Uh, so I wondered if, if there were even a possibility of Scott Wedgwood coming back here next season After having all that happen to him, after having the rug pulled out from under him, true Scott Wedgwood, like one of the best guys you'll ever meet. He's like, oh, yeah, I I don't have any hard feelings. I I would definitely consider coming back here. The guy just the guy just wants to play. He wants to establish. I think he established himself as an initial goaltender this season. He's proven that he can be a part of a tandem this season. So hopefully he takes the ball and runs with it in Dallas, and we'll see where it goes. Maybe he'll have other offers. You know, he, it may not happen with the Coyotes again, where he comes back here. But I know he's open to it because he told me so, and I know Bill Armstrong's open to it because he told me so as well after after the news conference ended. So, so wouldn't it be wild if he came back a third time, like tying Redeem Verbata for, for the most ten years with the Coyotes? Yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: that's impressive though. But if you can get the draft pick and the player at the end of this, let him go play somewhere else for a month and a half. Great. Yep. You're right though. If he gets. If he gets into some important games for Dallas and they make the playoffs and maybe gets a game or two there, maybe it improves his stock and he does go somewhere else. I'm really happy for the individual. I know it's hard to pack up and move. He just wants to play. He will not play as many games down the stretch with Dallas as he did here, but he's going to play. Like He's going to play games. Ottinger can't play every night. Ottinger's 23. He's a kid. Yep. He's just, he's only, he played some NHL games last year and he's starting to carry the mail there this year, but Wedge is going to play. In Dallas. Um, it's a different team in front of him than what he's facing here. He's going to have a little bit different scenario. I don't see the 35-40 saves a night um, when you play for Dallas. It's a much different style of game. Um, but I think that trade, when we're if we grade these trades as a win or a loss for the Coyotes, that's a huge win for the Coyotes. Big yeah. win.
2: He uh, said something to me. He said, said, "I was Someone mentioned this to him, and he started looking at the teams that he had played for And he doesn't think that he has played for a team in his NHL career that has finished higher than like third from the bottom of the standings. So to get the chance to just go play some playoff hockey or even meaningful games at the end of the season, that's a cool experience for Scott Wedgwood. So happy for him. It's a month, you know, it's, it's not ideal because they are finally going to have a a wedding ceremony later this summer. You know, he's got to deal with all that. I know his, his, well, it's actually his wife. They got married a couple years ago, but they haven't had the, the ceremony because of COVID. So she's got her bachelorette party here next month. He's not going to oh. be around, clearly. So there's some crazy things to figure out. He's got to fly to Dallas later today, um, probably heading to the airport shortly. But the chance to play meaningful games and maybe playoff hockey, that's, that's something that every NHL player should get the chance to experience. You don't want to be on Bottom Dwellers your entire career.
0: Absolutely. Well, if there's any other reason for him to come back besides... It being a possibility that he and Bill Armstrong have talked about. He finally, after so much waiting, got his goalie pads and helmet. <laughs> so we can't have that go to waste. <laughs> so hopefully he comes back for all of those reasons and to reuse those awesome um, pads and mask.
2: Well, he was saying one second. He, had, he was saying he sat has stick, a special stick coming in that was going to complete the whole look. So he never got to complete the whole Coyotes look before he got shipped out. So oh now he's got to start the process all over again. Oh my stars. gosh,
0: of course. Well, on the subject of goalies, and I've seen some comments already about him. So in now that Wedgwood has left the team, there's a empty goalie spot, and the Coyotes made a move by claiming Harry Sateri. Is that how you pronounce his that's name? That's
3: how I've always pronounced the name. Now, if that's wrong, I've always called him Harry Sateri
2: am i right but or it wrong, doesn't Craig?
0: sound very finnish pronounced like that
2: it it's it sounds really good actually the way Petey says it so but that's but kind he kind of like he's a guy that
0: say that's how
3: oh opportunity got it he's a guy that was in the minors for the san jose shark system back in in 2010 for the three or four years so he's a name that has been back when the coyotes were in the pacific division it's a name that that people knew Harry Sateri. He's he's not a young guy. He's a 32-year-old goaltender. He's, he last played in the National Hockey League in 2017-18. He has nine career games in the league, but he's been in the KHL for the last few. Um, what are you hearing about Harry Sateri uh, from Bill?
2: Well, listen, it, they liked him. Obviously, he had a really terrific Olympic performance for Finland, but uh, anybody who's expecting, and I don't, I don't want to close the door on this possibility. If he plays really well over the down the stretch here, and he's going to play, he's going to be one of their two goalies. Then maybe they consider bringing him back. But I, I look at him as a stopgap. I don't even know if he'll be around next season. We'll see. He's 32 years old, also. So don't don't start thinking he's the goalie of the future. He's he's a stopgap. That, he is what he is. He's Scott Wedgwood's replacement for now. We'll see what happens this summer.
3: So were the it was the, was Toronto assuming he would clear waivers and play in their American League and have some depth?
2: They weren't assuming it. They were afraid that they might lose him. And I, I saw Kyle Dubas uh, talking about this earlier today, saying, like, we've lost twice as many players to waivers as anybody else. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. No, they wanted him. They wanted to keep him. And, and you can understand. I mean, you want as many options as possible and go up your Toronto right now. So they've lost another one.
0: Yeah, that one was crazy to see. And I've also seen some comments about that because... The Leafs put Mrazik on waivers. They bring in Sateri probably thinking, okay, we're making this change. And then all of a sudden, the Coyotes come in and swoop him away. And you have to imagine that was really frustrating for Dubas and the Leafs. But again, like you said, he was a fourth-round draft pick from of the Sharks in 2008. He won gold with Finland at the Olympics. He's been in the KHL. Um, 2.02 goals against average, 0.926 save percentage in 38 games with the KHL this season. In, and his cap hit is 750000 so the league minimum. League minimum. Um, yeah, again, nothing really to expect long-term for this one for the Coyotes. I think just the m- most interesting part of this move was just the fact that the Coyotes stole him away and from Toronto. To Toronto. And he's a guy,
3: yeah. I mean, he, look, he's he's a 32-year-old guy. He understands what's going on here. He's coming in for the league minimum. Now, can he play? I mean, he's he, he played outstanding in the Olympics. He's a smaller guy. He's just a shade over six feet tall unbelievably athletic and quick and he has got some skill but most of the games he's played in North America were in the American League so this may be an opportunity for him opportunity for him to play more games in the National League and and maybe now that he's more experienced and played you know against professionals in different leagues maybe maybe
0: and look at Vimelka, who never really right. played in North America till this year, and he's really developed his game over the course of the season. And again, you're coming into a market like Arizona, which <laughs> that might be a relief. Imagine going to Toronto where all the pressure is on you. They have really tough goaltending situation right now. You come to Arizona where the only expectation really is to end the season in last place. So this tw- next 20 games for the Coyotes, obviously he'll share that with Veggie, who I'm sure will get the majority of the starts in there. But, you know, that's a good place for him to develop his NHL game without the extreme pressures that he would face in Toronto.
2: I'm not saying that it's going to happen for Sateri, but PD, you and I talked about this the other day. Look at how many times a goaltender has come into Arizona with not much of a track record, not great expectations, and then they've suddenly taken off. I mean, it happened with Ilya Brizgalov. It it happened with, with, you could say it happened with Mike Smith. It happened with Devin Dubnik. It happened with Darcy Kemper. It's happened with a lot of guys. Karnova Melka is another guy. It's crazy how maybe, maybe it is the lack of pressure in this situation that allows guys to thrive. Maybe it's the opportunity. I don't know what it is, but there, there's a crazy track record of goalies coming in here without much of a resume and then finding success in the NHL.
3: Yeah. I think most importantly, Harry Soteri fills a, a need. You, you know, yep. you don't have to look for Ivan Prosvatov. You can keep him in the American League, keep him Good developing, point. keep him playing games. Uh, I think that's better for his development. I think this just works. And you know what? Truth is, if Harry Soteri works out, Coyote's great. If he doesn't, they've got their guy for the next three years. So uh, they just need to make it through the last 20 games. And of those 20, what are you, Carell's going to play... Thirteen to fifteen, so you just need a guy to, to to fill in every three or four games for him. I think it all around the goaltending situation over the last twenty four hours has changed so much for the Arizona Coyotes. We'll talk about Corral soon here, but but with twenty games to go, I, th- I think they made a lot of really good moves.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, I think we should stick on goalies while Let's we're here. Let's and go after it. Also, because Craig wasn't busy enough. In the last 24 hours, the Coyotes signed Karel Vamelka to a three-year 2.725 AAV million-dollar extension. He's played 36 games this year, 10-23-1. That's more reflective of the team as a whole than his performance, 0.905 save percentage, 3.35. Goals against average, Karel Vamelka will be a part of the Arizona Coyotes for the next three years.
2: Yeah, that was one of those text messages that was sitting on my phone at 5.30 this morning. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, we we hinted at it last night. I think I hinted at it last night that it was close. It just didn't, you know, I didn't know how late I should stay up. And thank God I didn't stay up all night waiting for that one. <laughs> but he, he's under contract for three more years. I think they're finalizing the deal today. Um, Karel Vilmelka is an interesting one to me. He He's had these, he's had wild swings, I think, in his season. He's had performances where he's just lights out, where he'll face just a huge volume of shots. He'll stop most of them. The Keitles will find a way to win. Remember that 1-0 shutout against Winnipeg is the thing that stands out the most from this season. But he's had a bunch of those performances where he's just been an elite goaltender, and then he'll have performances where he doesn't look so good. I didn't think he played that well the other night. So consistency is a big thing that you need to find as an Anisha goalie. That's something that they're going to be looking for. But again, it's his first year in North America – so they've seen enough, clearly, that they want to sign him to an extension and keep him around. The other thing, you know, and Bill said this to me probably a couple months ago, is we really won't know what we have in Carrell de Melca until he's about a year in. The way this all works is you, you get a goalie in, he, he shows some things, the league gets a scouting report on him, the pro scouts pick him apart, they find out his weaknesses, and then teams start to exploit those, and then it's a matter of whether the goalie can adjust and still find consistency, then you know what you have at a goaltender. We don't know what Karel Van is yet. I know he's shown some promise. People are excited, and they can be excited about promise. But we have no idea yet if this guy is going to be able to establish himself as a strong NHL goalie.
3: Yeah, I think that that's, that's what Coyotes fans have to look at here. One... It's good that they've solidified that position for the near future. So we, we don't have to have the speculation, well, what happens next year? So I think that's good. He's a guy that they know can put up those numbers where he's making 40, 45 saves. We've seen it. We've seen him hold his team in games. Consistency, you build that by playing, practicing. You know, Corey Schwab, the goalie coach, get an opportunity to work with him more on a day-to-day basis over the next three years. You really don't know what the ceiling is on Karelva Vomelke yet. But now you're starting to see – what some of their plans through the rebuild are going to be. And Karel Vamelka is going to be a part of that. Who's the guy next in line? TBD. And I guess we'll find that out over the summer.
0: I like all the comments about veggies. A
3: lot of veggies. Eat veggies. Be vegetarian.
0: Veggies. veggies still on Whole the vegetarian? menu. Vegetarian. I know. That's oh, I a like good that. one. <laughs> um, also, I've seen questions in the comments, which we are starring and at the end of the show, we'll make sure we get to all the questions. So continue to ask questions here live in the comments, and I promise we will address them toward the end of the show. I want to go back to last night, and we talked about this on our post-game show, but we've had the chance since to elaborate more. Um, Jack McBain, the Coyotes acquired him from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for the Canucks' second round pick that the Coyotes had. One of their five dra- second-round draft picks in this year's draft. He's a center out of Boston College. He's 6'4", 218 pounds, and he led BC in points this season. He had a goal and an assist for Team Canada in these Olympics as well. Jack McBain, again, we talked about him a little last night, but PDs had a chance to make some calls on him, and we were able to touch base with former Coyote and Jack McBain's Olympic teammate, Jason Demers, so, should we send it to Jason first, or do you want to say... Yeah, well, wants-
3: let, let, let's lean into this. Craig did the work to get Jason Demers here.
0: Yes. Uh, so, let's, let's start with that. Not, not at the time
2: that he showed up.
3: We were anticipating that he would be here live on the show. Yeah. Unfortunately, time zones get confused. He's back in North America now. He was ready when we weren't. So, unfortunately, we pre-taped it, so Jason won't be here live. But we did get the information from him on McBain. So. Without yeah. further ado, let's go to uh, Jason Demers. Well, let's welcome in former Arizona Coyote defenseman, Jason Demers, who had a chance to play with Jack McBain um, this past winter at the Olympics. J.D., first of all, welcome. And if you got it, just touch on quickly how your experience in the KHL was over this last season.
1: I mean, it was it was great when I initially went there. Um, everybody told me, you know, if there's one place to go in KHL, it's Kazan with ACBars And uh, they were super great to us. They took really good care. And I mean, their facilities were top notch. Their staff was good. So, I mean, I have no complaints. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you got any good KHL stories? I'm like, I mean, it's all, it was all good for me. And it was all, uh, it was top notch. So, so it's hard to kind of say anything against it. So when Shane Doan
3: calls, what's that call like saying, hey, do you want to come play for Team Canada in the Olympics? How did that process work?
1: Well, it started before um, started the Channel One Cup, before I started the KHL. And I got the call. I was sitting in Arizona. Um, I had back surgery in September last year, and I rehabbed myself. And that's kind of why I didn't go looking for a job anywhere. And, and um, not to say that the door get getting knocked down by teams. Uh, but uh, I got a call. To go to the Channel One Cup. I said, Yeah, sure. I'll be ready. And and after my first game there I ended up signing the KHL and, and you know, it was good because don't kind of listen go get the games and that'll really help my strength my position for the Olympics. And um I mean it was it was a little bit anticlimactic, uh, because I talked to Tyler Dietrich pretty frequently and, and weird contact. So I kinda had an idea that up Short list. And um, when KTL got shut down for COVID, uh, he basically was like, "Yeah, you're in. so find a way to Switzerland, wait for the team." So uh, it wasn't as like, "Oh, you get the phone call and hey, congratulations." I kind of had a feeling, and and, and uh, I was staying prepared just in case. So I kind of just waited in Zurich for all the team to get there before we did our 10 days in Devos.
3: And you've got it. You're a guy that has a lot of NHL games and you look at that roster that Canada had. Were you one of the leaders of that group that that kind of helped guide the path? You had a lot of young kids on that team.
1: Yeah, we were young, but we had a lot of guys that were playing in Europe that, that had played around for a while. And and I thought we had a great group, like awesome guys. And uh, it is bittersweet because we all, I do you think we could have done a lot better? And, uh, you know, certain things hindered that. But, uh, you know, it, it there were a lot of leaders on the team and, and guys all pulled in the same direction. So it's like that's work.
3: Well, and then we have to turn our attention now to why we're here. It's trade deadline day. First of all, as a guy that's been through this before on the other end of it, like what's today like for a, a player in the National Hockey? What's it like sitting through trade deadline day? Do you, do you watch the ticker? Are you waiting for your phone? I mean, what's the, honestly, people just go, Oh, this guy got traded. No big deal. But when you're in the room and you're a part of it, what's that like getting through this day?
1: Well, I like the build up. I mean, you know how it is. A couple of weeks before, you know where you're at as a team and, and if you're going for it and, uh, or if you're selling. So it's like, it's really a buyer seller mentality. So the team's like AZ right now that, um, the two weeks leading up to it, guys kind of like, Well, here it comes, like, just wait to see where I'm gonna go to play a few months to pick me up. And, like, conversely, you're in a good team, you're just kind of praying that you're not that guy that's getting chipped out <laughs> for a big piece, yeah.
3: yeah. That piece that's gonna go out while they the team you watch starts running for the cup. Well, you had a chance, we t- we noticed you know, the Coyotes picked up Jack McBain, a big centerman, uh, Boston College kid. You played with him at the Olympics. What do you have to say about the kid? What's What kind of game can Coyote's fans expect out of Jack McBain?
1: Uh, I mean, he's a lot like he's got a lot of similarities to Krauser. Um, you know, he's got a really good shot. He he bangs, he can he can uh, get up and down the ice, and, and he does a little bit of everything. So, I mean, I think uh, Krauser really excelled to do his game this year and kind of took the next step, uh, which, you know, we all knew he could. And Bainter's a lot like that. So I think it's going to be perfect to play a Croucher and, and kind of look at that style of game and learn how his game can translate to NHL
3: Yeah, and one of the things, he's he's in a spot for him where he's going to get an opportunity to play. And, yeah. you know, you, you got to... You got to look where the Coyotes are in the standings, and I know it's tough. But but for a player that's young like this, he's going to get a chance to play games right away. And I, I know that's one of the reasons he looked and said, "Hey, I got to get out of Minnesota. There's nowhere for me to fit." Um, I've seen him on the power play; big, strong body gets to the net.
1: He yeah, he likes to get in that front. He wants to go to the dirty area. He wants to hit, creates havoc. So and he's not scared to kind of get to those areas. Which oh. I mean, it it's something that's needed with the coyotes and, and I know Krauser helps that for sure. And Bader is another piece to add. So.
3: Well, if they get a guy uh, in their organization that can play, and Bill Armstrong's looking for those big, strong guys. That's the kind of player he likes. He likes some weight. So that's something that's lacked. And as well, you know, too, that's something that's lacked in this franchise for a while is that, that weight and that size and guys that can play a little bit tougher. And, and I, I still think they're going to try to load up on a few more of those guys. So we'll see as it goes. Um, J- jd jason thank you so much i know it's just a couple minutes there is a rumor that you did or kept some kind of olympic diary that's what craig keeps telling us is that a true story
1: i mean i told him i was going to kind of document and i mean it's all up here it's like, all up there so we did yeah the i interview. can't see you
3: sitting at night putting the night light on and pulling, unlocking the little clasp on your book
1: i've i've been known to journal here and there but uh Wow! No, I mean I have I have uh, I told them I was going to kind of do a day to day stuff. It got really hectic over there in terms of uh, just the day to day stuff. I mean, everything dealing with COVID, yeah, and getting to and from the rink was was pretty wild. So, um, well, I tell you what, you're here
3: now. You're back in the valley, and we are downtown. So I'm not holding you to this like for tomorrow, but at some point you might have to come down to the PHNX Studios and sit here and do this with us in studio because it's actually pretty cool downtown so we'd love to have
1: you i'm a a big fan of downtown phoenix so well there you go Uh,
3: jd thanks for your time today um go back enjoy the weather and hopefully we get to talk to you real soon
1: all right talk to you soon buddy thanks man
0: special thanks to jason demers for joining pd earlier apologies for the choppy internet connection on his end but like pd said maybe he'll be able to join us eventually in the studio which would be great to have him. Uh, The biggest takeaway from that for me in talking about Jack McBain was the comparison to Lawson Krause.
3: Yeah. And I think this is kind of the way the the Bill Armstrong, the team that he wants to build. I mean, he wants to build a bigger, stronger, heavier team, you know, a la the St. Louis blues and, and maybe Jack McBain's a part of that future.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I I think so. I, I, we've talked about Bill's sort of profile of a team before. He definitely likes the size. You look at how the blues were built. Um, Both of these guys, both of these centers that they picked up, but Jack McBain's just huge. And, uh, you know, J.D. mentioned it there, but uh, Shane Donas has said it as well. Skating is one of his strengths, which is just amazing to me to hear for a guy who's 6'4", 218. If that guy can get up and down the ice, that's a guy that you want to work with because that's a guy you can probably use up the middle of the ice. That's a guy that's going to win a lot of battles. That's a guy guy that's going to be rangy. And at the very least, maybe he's a defensive forward for you. We'll see how he slots in. You never know. How these guys are going to do? How they're going to make the leap from the NCAA to the to the pros? But he's done a lot of good things. He's really emerged as a force in college hockey. So you got to get excited, at least about a, a center prospect, which this organization hasn't had a lot of over the I years. I know,
3: right? Yeah, a big, a big, strong centerman that can play yeah. hard, drive to the net. He's got speed that can. You know, I talked about Chris Kreider yesterday. I know that's lofty expectations, but it's a guy that physically can get to that dangerous area around the net and stay there and be an offensive threat, something the Coyotes have not had in a centerman I Honestly, I can't remember when they had that. And, and Craig, can we, can we keep going in college?
0: Yeah, so that ties us into another um, college person person prospect that the Coyotes acquired today from the Winnipeg Jets. The Coyotes acquired Nathan Smith and Brian Little from the winnipeg jets in exchange for a fourth round draft pick in 2022 um brian little it seems more like a contract grab his cap hit of over 5 million it's probably unlikely he'll play again he's on the long-term injury reserve but nathan smith um he finished sec- tied for second in ncaa division one with 49 points for the top ranked Minnesota State, who we just talked about again last night. I know, Minnesota State Mavericks. Yeah, everything keeps coming around. But again, another center, another center out of college. Nathan Smith, what have we heard about this player?
2: Petey, it's funny you mentioned that game. Bill Armstrong mentioned that game, too. He's like, can you believe it? Did you see that? I'm like, (laughs) yeah. How could I avoid it working with Petey? (laughs) (laughs) But... He, I mean, here. This is a guy. First of all, when I ask Greg Powers about him, because they they played him this season, he, he's like, "Oh my God, the guy's a stud." And and the, the the general consensus about Nathan Smith is that he's a he's always been a skill guy. He's always brought a high skill level to the game. But over the years in college, and this is one of the great things that happens in NCAA hockey, he developed a two hundred foot game. He's become a complete player. Powers told me that they just had no answer for him, and he's talked to other coaches who said the same thing. He's just he's one of the top players in college hockey so again a guy to get excited about and another center not with with Jack McBain's size but still with good size and and I think you guys have mentioned this you guys have mentioned this he plays big as well so a couple of prospects to really get excited about and a couple of guys who are going to have the opportunity to play here right away Um, with McBain in particular uh, going back to him He's got a little bit of an ankle injury. I found out. Bill confirmed this today, but it's nothing long term. He'll get out here. He'll he'll start working out, and you know he's 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 hopefully going to be a part of this organization really quickly. We'll have to see how that all goes. Of course, with with Nathan Smith, he's uh, involved in the NCAA tournament right now, and that team, being the top ranked team in the country, could make a deep run. So he's he's not going to be around for a little while. But after that's done, they hope to start working on an ELC with him as well.
3: Well, yeah. I, I had the chance to talk to the State Beaver head coach, Tom Saratori, just before we went live today, who they played in the tournament.
2: Oh, do you know him, Petey? Do you know that guy?
3: <laughs> and in the same league as Nathan Smith. So I asked him and, and everything you said, he said he's elite. He's big, strong, gets to the net, but more importantly, he can play 200 feet. He plays both ends of the ice, does everything well. He said the, the Coyotes have a really good one in Nathan Smith. He's one of the mm-hmm. top 10 finalists for the Hobie Baker award. The, the, Collegiate hockey's top honor for player of the year. it would be interesting to see how the team does in the tournament. They open up against Harvard and And uh, Ferenacci on Thursday. So we'll see. I mean, technically, Ferenacci could end his season and he could be here Friday. But um, I have a feeling this Minnesota State team is going to go on for a a little bit of a run. Uh, But I think they've got two really good college free agent centermen that they can be excited about. And we probably, either it's going to be in Tucson or here in Phoenix where you'll get to see them before their seasons expire. So we'll get to see what, what the future may hold for both of these guys.
0: Absolutely. And I yeah. saw some comments too. The Coyotes are working on signing Jack McBain to an ELC. And like we mentioned, um, Nathan Smith is still playing for his college team. He had 49 points in 34 games with Minnesota State this season. So, you know, center a center who can put up points Who's big that's what kind of from, Craig? Do you see where Nathan
3: say. Smith's hometown is? Go ahead, Petey. Well, you know, you go ahead, that? you
0: can
2: report it.
3: No, 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 it's fine. Tampa. I'm actually looking Florida. up to
2: so I know. How about Tampa, that, huh?
3: I love Sunbelt. How about that? I love Sunbelt. that. Sunbelt. Sunbelt, I love it. Another floor
0: another Florida native Maybe on the keep coyotes. here.
2: Maybe they can room together. <laughs> Who knows?
0: Oh my gosh. Well,
2: I think uh, didn't Nathan Smith finish second in the country in points too? I think he at least tied for second. I think he was. Yes, so. he did. I think. Th- yep, yeah. he
0: did tie for second. And Nathan Smith played for Team USA in the Olympics and had he a goal it. and an assist, um, so two points in four games yeah, for so Team both, USA. Both
3: of the college guys are both Olympians, uh,
0: which probably wouldn't have happened if the NHL players got to go. But really cool for them that they have that experience under their belt, international play.
3: Craig, what kind of assurances does the team have that they can get Nathan Smith signed?
2: pretty th- these are you know how the back channels work there's, yeah, so there's no way they make this deal been unless they're confident they're yeah. confident and, and listen on that note by the way just to just to underscore this this narrative that's out there that players aren't going to want to come play for the coyotes these are two really high end guys who are going to be free agents in in the college rights at the end of the season you know one one of them was obviously you know, well, they they were actually property of other teams but you're talking about two really high-end guys that had their choice to talk with a bunch of teams. Where are they coming? They're coming to the Coyotes because they have the opportunity to play here right away. So this idea that the Coyotes are going to have a trouble attracting guys, not in all cases. Obviously, the high-end free agents aren't coming here anyway, but these kids both want an opportunity to play, and they'll they will probably get it here.
3: And let's talk about I just want to make sure we've touched on this, not spent a lot of time on it, but the last piece... Of this trade that brought nathan smith to the coyotes was brian little and make no mistake and it's really unfortunate because brian little was a hell of an nhl player and he would have helped this team when he was playing in his prime unfortunately he's had injuries and he hasn't played in a couple of years now and he just has term left on his contract. And I'm sure that was part of the deal. So, so Brian Little's not going to play for the coyotes. It's part of the deal to get Nathan as they took on his contract. I'm sure. Did you talk about Brian little at all?
2: Um, Yeah, we did. And you're absolutely right. And we, we talked about this before the trade deadline that the coyotes had a lot of cap space so they could use that as an asset to acquire other assets. And that's exactly what they did in this case. Yeah, unfortunately for Brian Little, I mean, that's a that's some severe head trauma. That's a bad injury. He's not going to play hockey again. Um, But what will happen with his contract? I know he's on LTIR right now, but with the Coyotes, they'll probably just put him on injured reserve and use the cap hit to help them get to the floor. Um, So he'll he'll actually appear on the roster, but he's he's not going to play a game. And it's it is like you said, he was a really good player uh, just a little while ago. But he his his NHL career is over.
0: Yeah, and that is some a move that we've seen the Coyotes make before um, with Marion Hossa's contract, Pavel Datsug, these are all moves the Coyotes have done, which is having contracts with players who are not going to play, but again, for that um, hitting the cap floor. So moving on from this, we talked about the NCAA hockey tournament that's coming up, which I'm sure you can bet on on DraftKings. You can, but there is a tournament happening like right now, and that is the NCAA college basketball tournament, March Madness. And how about the Wildcats last night getting win? it done?
2: Craig, did Wait, is Sean Sean behind the mic there? Sean, was it a foul at midcourt? Was it a
1: foul? <laughs> a blatant foul, in my opinion, but you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. It's college basketball.
0: Well, <laughs>
3: I don't know. There might be another U of A person here that used the word flop. So I don't know. All right.
0: Well, you heard it here first. Well, if you want to bet on either the Frozen Four tournament or March Madness for college basketball, both men and women's, you can do so on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and new customers who sign up using the promo code PHNX and bet $5 on any team to win can get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If you're already an existing DraftKings customer, you can bet on college hoops with same game parlays. So be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. I feel like March is the best time. There's so much going on in March. We have spring training. There's all these college tournaments. NBA and NHL are reaching the end of the season. It's just like the most exciting time for sports. So now is the time. If you haven't already sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, get $200 in free bets. If they do, that's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only minimum $5 deposit eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for more details. All right, let's keep going down the trade list. And uh, Johan Larson, this is one that we expected. Um, Johan Larson was traded to the Washington Capitals in exchange for a 2023 third-round pick, and Arizona will retain 50% of Larson's salary. We mentioned it a little bit ago when we were talking about Kessel, that this is now the third salary retention that the Coyotes will retain, and that puts them at the max for three. The other two they have are OEL and Kemper. So Johan Larsen to the Washington Capitals. Thoughts on this trade?
2: Yeah, uh, on the retained salary, two of those will come off the books uh, this summer with Darcy Kemper and Johan Larson. So they'll have those uh, slots available again. Oel is going to be on there for a very long time. But as long as far as this trade, uh, there was a lot of activity actually around Johan Larson. There were a bunch of teams that were interested in him. You know, he, he had the sports hernia surgery that I reported. Uh, more than a month ago, but he's he was supposed to be on the ice today before they they canceled practice. He was supposed to be back at full practice, so it looks like he's ready to resume at least practicing and then he'll probably play and get enough time with the Capitals before he has to uh, start the postseason. I, I like this move for Washington. I, I like Johan Larson. I think he brings a lot in a depth role to your lineup. He's a really good defensive center. Not a great faceoff man, but you can solve that with other line mates. But in terms of responsible defensive play and in, in terms of grit, in terms of sustaining a forecheck and ozone time, Johan Larson's really good at all of those things. Those are things that you want in the postseason. I think he's really going to help the Capitals.
3: Yeah, I think this is a move that we've, we've been expecting to happen. Since the fall. I mean, we, we have, we've talked about Larson and we talked about Kessel a lot on this show. I think Johan Larson, you're seeing a lot and we'll talk about it a lot more tomorrow, breaking down trades outside of the Coyotes. Um, I think when you look around the league, it's a lot of those role players that are getting picked up by these teams that are making a run for the cup and Johan Larson fits that need for a team he can play up and down your lineup um, he's a guy that you can feel safe putting over the boards against other teams top players he can defend he can take defensive zone face but he can also chip in offensively he can do a little bit of everything um, i think he fits in clearly financially with the coyotes retaining some of that salary um I I think it's going to be interesting, though, to see who the Washington Capitals end up having to play in the playoffs. I mean, right now you're looking at them having to play Florida or Carolina. It's going to be a tough challenge. So you're going to need versatile players. They're going to be long series. I would anticipate with either one of those teams, you're going to have depth. And I think Johan Larson adds depth to that Washington Capitals team.
0: Yeah, and a player that we talked about, last night as a possibility who we did not see go today and was often in that conversation with Larson was Jay Beagle we talked about there not really being a market for Beagle but Craig I know there was no practice today do we expect to see Beagle back on the ice for the Coyotes this week now
2: yeah he should be Uh, Andre Turingy told me he was supposed to practice uh, today so I I would assume that he's going to be out there really soon of course they have a game tomorrow so I don't know if they'll have a morning skate. They may because they didn't practice today, but I expect him to be back on the ice soon. And yeah, like you said, there was no market for him. I I think he'd been out too long and this injury and his age were probably compounding factors. So Jay Beagle finishes out the season and maybe his career.
0: Yeah, we will see. But Larson is one of those ones we've been talking about possibly going since the start. And another one of those... People that we've been talking about going since the day that the Coyotes acquired him is Riley Nash, who the Coyotes once again acquired on waivers earlier in the year, but they made a deal today with the Tampa Bay Lightning, the original owners of Riley Nash's contract, for a for future considerations. Pretty vague um, from the Tampa Bay Lightning, but Tampa gets Riley Nash back, who I know that they didn't really want to lose, and the Coyotes get future considerations, which is pretty much... What the Coyotes need is future considerations. So Riley Nash back to Tampa. He had four points in 24 games played with the Coyotes. Thoughts on Riley Nash to Tampa.
2: Well, I'm happy for Riley Nash that he gets to go back to Tampa. Tampa didn't want to lose him in the first place. They just had to make cap room with Kucherov coming back. Um, He's a guy that can help them in a depth role. They really liked him as their fourth line center. Now he's going to report to Syracuse but I, I would imagine given the, the war of attrition that is the NHL post season at some point, Riley Nash is going to find his way back into that lineup and they already know what they have in him. So he's going to fit right in with the group. Good for him because he's another guy like Scott Wedgwood, who has bounced around so much, at least he's going to a familiar setting and let's face it, a, a setting where he has a chance yeah. to win a cup because you're the two time defending champions.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: And this is no surprise from the day that the, the Coyotes acquired him through waivers. There was always the chance that he was going to be gone um, at the trade deadline. So I don't think this is a big surprise to anyone. Um, you know, you picked up a couple more centers with these college kids. You want to see what you have in them. Hopefully they get an opportunity to play in the next 20 games. You got Beagle coming back from injury. I, I just think it was you, you needed Nash when you needed him. And now it gives him an opportunity to go play where he wants to play and has a chance to win a cup. And it gave him that he was at the Kyrie's at the right time, but it's time for him to move on. I think everyone's it's a win-win for everyone.
2: You know what future considerations are, right? Why does it still exist? Do you know what this is? I don't know what it is. It's a buck. Is that what it is? That's what it is. I don't know why that still exists in the NHL. I mean, you would think it should be like, oh, we'll give you a seventh round pick or something or yeah. something, something like that. And
3: it's just arbitrary I don't know why a dollar. Bigger.
0: It's
2: it basically like you have to give us something in return. So here it return. is. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes the deal official. Yeah. And but, everybody benefits
3: we, from this, right? They get, yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: I like the comment from Sterling. Future Considerations has had a busy day today. He's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we mentioned all of the people moving in and out of this lineup so let's see who's in and who's out and this is the course of all of the trades that the Coyotes have made in the 2021-22 season so in we have Brian Little but that again just going to be his contract Jack McBain, Nick Ritchie, Harry Sateri, Nathan Smith out Ryan Dezingle, Carter Hutton, Ilya Labushkin, Johan Larson, Scott Wedgwood and Riley Nash so quite a few moves on the personnel front and then even more so the draft picks. So please bear with us with our little key here. So (laughs) this is the Coyotes draft picks in the next two drafts, 2022 and 2023. The empty ones are ones that they had before this period of time. So they traded away. So they traded away one of those second round picks in 2022, the fourth round in 2022. And then in 2022, 23. The ones that they acquired this weekend are the ones outlined in purple, including those possible picks, which are conditional. They might flip to a different year or a different round, depending on how other teams fall in the playoffs. But looking at these charts, this is just the next two years. There's already trade or there's already picks on the books for 2024 and even 2025. So this is just the next two years. I mean, that's a lot of picks in the next two drafts coming up.
2: It's all about the future. That's what Bill Armstrong keeps driving home and he keeps making it clear with all of his actions. Yeah, the he- next couple of seasons are are going to build the foundation for the Coyotes future. Go ahead, Petey.
3: And no, I'm just saying in 2022 you look at it we've been talking about you know eight picks in the first two rounds, eight picks in the first two rounds. Now that's down to seven picks in the first two rounds. But there's no telling how many picks they actually have in July of 2022. That number can change. Yep. We've talked about Chikrin. I, you don't know. There there could be more picks coming in, or there could be more picks going out, looking at different players or prospects down the road. So this is an ever-moving ebb and flow to what these picks will actually become. Shout-out to Sean DePaz
2: for all these graphics and the proper pronunciation, or a punctuation, rather, yes. is Satari's last name. So.
1: I have to give um, Leah did the draft picks gra- graphic, so it was it was a team effort. But that, one took a lot,
0: that one took a lot of staring at Puckpedia.com to make sure we got it right. But yeah, <laughs> Sean, great. thank you so much for your hard work on the graphics. If you're listening on audio, all the graphics we're showing on the show will also be tweeted out on our Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. So We have a thread of all the moves that went down today, and we will have all of those graphics that we've shown on the show up because it kind of captures all the moves that have been made today by the Coyotes. Um, I want to make sure that we get to everybody's questions as they've been coming up. So, Sean, can we pull up the questions tab? All right. Let's start with, uh, are we completely sure Nathan Smith is going to sign? I guess we kind of answered that one. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
3: as Craig alluded to, they they would have those discussions with agents and so forth before they make that deal.
0: Yeah. Um, clata- claiming Seterio to off Toronto after Toronto signed him with such an insane dunk on Toronto, is there a feeling of that or is it just business?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I can't answer that. I, I think there's definitely a little competition between GMs. Um, and you saw again. We mentioned Kyle Dubas saying, "How how come everybody's taking our waiver waiver guys and nobody else's?" It <laughs> seems to happen twice as often to them. So well, maybe people want to stick in Toronto a little little bit more. But in the end, it's look. It's you're not going to take a player that you don't want just to spite a GM. If the guy is serviceable to your team in any way, shape, or form, you make that move. And and sometimes, as in the case of Scott Wedgwood, you you might get something significant in return for him later.
0: All right, next question. Any word on what Ivan is doing about status? I'm, Prozvitov, I'm Yeah, assuming. I'm guessing, yeah.
2: What do you mean? Uh,
3: yeah, Craig, sure. so so how does this affect Ivan Prosvitov with Harry Sateri oh, coming in?
2: I don't think it affects yeah. him at all. No, he's going to stay where he is, and he needs to stay it where just, he is. because, yeah, quite frankly, I, Yeah, he hasn't been very good this season. He needs to to develop a lot, a lot of things. Ivan Prosvitov right now is not ready for the NHL. He doesn't belong here, so they need to have another guy... To replace Scott Wedgwood.
3: yeah, he needs to continue his development for sure. He needs to be a, a a guy towards the top of the goaltending numbers in the American League first before you see him come here and and make Harry Satter is not the guy of the future. Harry Satter is the guy for right now. Now could he turn into that? And you look at the Coyotes. Oh my goodness, they got the next best thing for seven fifty. Could I mean he could, and that's one of the reasons that he's here. They hope he can be a stopgap for the next twenty games, but. You never know. Like if he's lights out, gosh, you don't know. Maybe he is a guy resigned. I think Wedgwood's still on the table to come back, but there's no reason they can't talk to Harry Sateri into next year as well.
0: And I want, there's a couple more questions about Soteri. So do we know if Armstrong tried to offer Soteri back to Dubas for something in Mrazic? He did not. (laughs) Okay. That answers that. And then did Soteri have to go through waivers because he was coming from Europe?
2: Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the actual rule is. I, why he had to go through waivers. Um I have to look that up actually to be. But
3: clear I believe that, that is the case, Craig, because he was yeah. not in the yeah. National Hockey League. So to play in the yeah. National League would have to clear waivers.
0: Um another one, Andre is a good coach to his players. McBain is obviously attracted not only for just playing time. Do any of you guys think the coyotes will have a problem attracting star free agents next year? Again, this is something that we've talked about, but like Craig alluded to and it might have been after this question was asked, um, that's doesn't seem to be the issue that everyone thinks.
2: No, it's not their MO to sign star free agents anyway. They're, right. yeah. they're not looking for star free agents. So not, don't look for that for the next couple seasons. But for the lower tier free agents, it's not going to be a problem at all. Those guys are looking for jobs. There are only 32 NHL teams. They will be able to fill out a roster. It's not going to be a problem. Will the Coyotes be the first choice? Probably not because of their situation, but they'll be able to bring guys in. And look, again, they just got two really highly coveted college players. So clearly – there are some some different sets of players that want to come play in Arizona.
3: Yeah, and I think, Craig, you hit on it earlier. When you talk about Nathan Smith and Jack McBain, one of the things free agents look at is a place where they're going to play. And, mm-hmm. and you don't want to go somewhere where you're either going to be the 13th forward or the seventh defenseman playing once every three, once every four games. You want to go somewhere where you think you can play because you want to improve your stock long term. Um, so, yeah, I still think, again, you're right, star free agents, I mean, I don't know the last time they signed, this, I guess, Taylor Hall. Well, that wasn't a free agent. That was a trade. The last time you get a star free agent, it's not yet. It's it's years away before they get a star free agent. But to get 23 NHL players here signed by opening day next year, absolutely they will.
2: Right. This idea that, oh, who who's wants to go play for Arizona? It's a clown show out there. Look, there may be some issues with the franchise, but it's an NHL job. So these guys are not in the NHL right now. They want to go play in the NHL. And oh, by the way, you get to live in Arizona. It doesn't suck. Let's face it. It doesn't suck to come here and play on an NHL team.
0: Yeah. And also um, the Watts did clarify their question. The status of Prosvotov's residency being Russian was the question.
2: Oh, in terms of how, what they're going to do in the offseason, whether he's going to go back or. I
0: guess. Yeah. I
2: haven't, I haven't dug into any of that yet. Sorry. I can't, I can't say what, what Ivan's going to do in the off season. It is, it's an interesting issue for any Russian player, what they do, whether they stay in the, stay in the U.S. or they try and go home. I don't don't know right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to get to this one. What role did Ferguson have today? As I can imagine, lots of phone calls happening.
2: Well, he's, I know he's been on the phone a lot too. Like last night at the game, um, Bill, was it last night? I'm forgetting my days now. I think I was here last night. I don't remember that anymore. <laughs> um, but Bill like Bill, Bill, left his suite I don't know how many times, but I, I saw Fergie on the phone a ton of times too, so I'm sure that they were working in conjunction, talking, hey, can you call this agent because I can't get to him right now. Yeah, that's, that's part of the job this time of year.
0: Well, Craig talked about going to bed late and waking up early and how exhausting that is. It's a lot of work covering the trade deadline, but – Good thing Craig takes Athletic Greens every (laughs) morning. How about that? (laughs) Um, Our next partner is a product I use every day, as do Craig and Petey. And with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. That's why Craig is up and at it and still going here at – 3.30 on a Monday. Athletic Greens is a no-brainer. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. costs you less than $3 a day plus you're investing in your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash coyotes. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash coyotes to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. How about that? All right. Well, Tomorrow's audio episode is going to be dedicated fully to, we'll, we'll continue to talk about the moves that the Coyotes made. I'm sure more stuff's going to come out. By the way, press release just sent from the Coyotes that the Vemelka extension went through. So it's official. Um, so we'll talk all about that tomorrow. But we'll dedicate the entire episode to all the moves around the NHL because if we did that we'd be here for two or three more hours there's a lot going on so we're going to talk about the notable moves some of uh Marc-Andre Fleury to Minnesota Giroux to Florida there's a ton of big moves that went down especially for the teams that are cup contenders or or in the Stanley Cup race so that will be tomorrow's audio episode so be sure to look out for that wherever you get your podcast like subscribe and follow and leave us a review on audio because it will just be an audio only episode but we'll be diving into all the big moves around the NHL. I want to give everyone the opportunity before we head out to talk about anything we haven't, even if it is an NHL move that you want to get off your chest here or anything we didn't address with the coyotes today.
2: Well, I just want to bring up Lawson Krause. I think you had in the notes that he was named the third star of the week. Um, He's already reached career highs and goals points and average time on ice. Um, when I got a chance to talk to Bill Armstrong right after the news conference had ended in a one-on-one conversation, I asked him, you know, when when do contract talks start on a few guys? And he said, Lawson Krause is the next guy that we zero in on. Um, he, he's joked – multiple times that, you know, every time Lawson Kraus walks past him, he's like, you, you cost <laughs> me more money every game you play because he's 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 playing really well. Lawson Kraus has taken off with the opportunity that he's been granted by Andre Turin and you know, different role, more oppor- more opportunity, in different situations. He's having a terrific season. The Coyotes want him around long-term, and that is their next project to uh, get Lawson Kraus, who will be a restricted free agent, with arbitration rights uh, signed to a contract extension, we'll see how that plays out.
3: Yeah, and I, and I think for me, the last thing I want to talk about is is what this day as a whole was like for the Arizona Coyotes. And is, if we, we talk about teams winning and losing the day, I think this was a win for the Arizona Coyotes. I think the the draft picks they had just as many going out as they did going in. So the, you know, the varying rounds and years, but they had they kept the cupboards full of draft picks. More importantly, what they did is they brought in some prospects in the middle of the ice that they haven't had in years. Now, will they turn out to be everyday NHLers? TBD. We'll see. But at least there's hope that there's some guys up the middle that they have that are prospects that can potentially play major roles into the future. So I think that's great. Losing a piece like Wedgwood was tough because he's been so good for this team. The good news is there is nothing stopping him from signing again in the summer. Not saying he will, but nothing's stopping him from doing so. So, is it a win or a loss? Hey, they're not trying to get Claude Giroux. That wasn't what the point of today was for this team. This team was to get better for next year, the year after, and the year after. And I think they did that. So, I think the Arizona Coyotes had a good trade deadline day, and I think they got better.
0: Agree. Well, thank you everyone to t- who tuned in and watched. If you have further questions, you can tweet at us at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll try and compile them and answer them tomorrow on the audio episode. Please, if you haven't already, become a member at gophnx.com. That's where all of the written reporting is. And I'm sure Craig will have more about today. I know, Craig, you had the opportunity to sit down with, Bill Armstrong today. Um, so, there'll be more on the trade deadline and how the Coyotes did and all the moves that were made coming for you on gopeachnext.com. You can only read those if you're a member. So, sign up for your membership. You can get this shirt I'm wearing that I'm matching with this little thing behind me. We got the shirt that Petey's wearing as well. So, you get a free shirt when you sign up. Some new merch coming. I can't oh, say geezer. what, but we saw it today, and every person in the office is so excited about it. So, Keep an eye on the PHNX Locker. A lot of great stuff. Yeah, we're going to have to tell okay. Craig
3: about that. We were going to oh, try yeah. not <laughs> to tell him because there might be some samples of some of the new merch.
0: Yes. Don't worry, so. Craig. I'll, we I'll call air. you after the show, yeah. Craig. We'll take care of you, Craig. <laughs> but be sure to become members because you don't want to miss it. Become part of the family. Join our members only Discord. I don't think I'm doing great in our Discord bracket, but that's okay. I know. It's all right. Ebbs and flows. <laughs> exactly.
1: Probably doing better than me. I can say that much. <laughs>
0: yeah. Fair Enough, Fair enough. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Another NHL trade deadline in the books. And now it's the final push to the playoffs for most teams. For the Coyotes, it's the final push to the bottom of the standings. And we'll see yeah. how the lottery balls shake out in a couple months here. So we're almost there. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have that audio episode for you tomorrow. And then we'll be back with our post game show. What day is it?
3: Yeah, when's our next post game show? Craig? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Five got straight two guys. two shows tomorrow? Okay, five no. Live shows.
0: I I think I was saying tomorrow for the audio, but I meant Wednesday cuz I feel like oh. I thought today was Tuesday. So let me just yeah. rephrase. Our audio episode is Wednesday. Our post game show is tomorrow. There we go. You can also find so if you our You would
3: have that schedule up ahead of time.
0: Yeah. That would have helped, and also our schedule is um, pinned to the top of our Twitter feed at PHNX underscore Coyotes. So if you ever want to know when our what our show schedule is for the week, you can check it out there as well. Please follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes, and until tomorrow night, have a great rest of your day, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow.